Come on in. That is nice. Twice as nice. <laughs> Podcast 2. Today we've got Dee and Matt on the podcast, two good friends of ours from the Hotbox podcast. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? That's nice. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I'm messed up. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm Dee. Um, that's Matt. Yo. Sorry, yeah, this is Matt. <laughs> um, yeah, we do another whole, um, podcast, basically around discussion and debate. The link will probably be shared, so yeah, have a listen. What, what kind of, what do you want to get out of your podcast that you're doing? <laughs> it's just for fun, really. Yeah, it's really. just for shits and giggles. Well, like, I think you you said it initially, you just wanted to do it so you can remember how we used to talk. Yeah. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, you've like, been wanting to do it for years, but like you've just been, yes. you've been busy, haven't you? Yeah, so, we're yeah, very busy. Yeah, you've been busy guy. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's only just come about now, and I was like, yeah, fuck it. Like, D does, D's the architect. <laughs> and I just turn up. You're a talent. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah. Shits and giggles, really. Shits and giggles. Yeah, just just like an archive of our friendship, really. Are you just going to do it whenever you want to do it? Or well, we're planning on hopefully consistently doing it every week, releasing on Monday. We've already got one episode out now. But, yeah, it's just a bit of fun, really. I mean, if people listen, they listen, but that wasn't ever really the main priority. But, obviously, I've got a bit of promotion on it just to see what people think. So far, the reception's been good, so, yeah. It's pretty funny, man. Yeah. It's, it's joke. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you. Last one. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Nice will catch on. <laughs> you know, it, it, hey, I see it's catching on already. Right? <laughs> 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 I think it's caught on with us because yeah. uh, we're saying it so much in the past yeah. week. And you were saying it before it was even a podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. As soon as these guys started saying it. Keeping it nice. <laughs> we're bringing nice to the mainstream. It's <laughs> Yeah, that's our that's our podcast. So yeah, if you guys want to have a listen, please do. Yeah, nice. Yeah, we'll share it around anyway. Yeah, cheers. See what people, what more people make of it. Yeah, I mean, we thought it was good, and yeah, if you could back it, go for it. I mean, all the support on our ones so far has been great. Like, it's been incredible. Can't believe the support we've got from it. So just, yeah, thanks everyone. That has. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Big up, big up everybody supporting. Yeah, you guys done really well. Proud of you. Well, um, you guys got your Facebook pages, the Hotbox. Yeah, so um, same for our Facebook YouTube page well. is um, the Hotbox 420. Nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the underlying premise of the whole show. We get lit and talk about shit. So, yeah, that's there's an element of that. But yeah, Hotbox 420, um, and the YouTube is just the Hotbox. So, yeah. Because there is another one called the Hotbox, so it's like a bunch of old dudes yeah. talking, <laughs> yeah, talking about like exchange rates and shit. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, you've got to dig a bit deeper for us, but it's there. It's there. Nice, nice. So, we should tell all the listeners, all four of us are students at Aston. D, 
I'm not. Uh, <laughs> point of man saying D. D and I are on the same course uh, in final year. No, similar courses. I study business and politics. D studies business and international relations. Business and international relations. Matt, your master's mm. is chemical engineering. Chemical engineering. Yeah, it's a, it's an integrated master's, so I'm not technically graduated yet. I think it's a good. I think I don't know why they do it, but. So I'll get just a master's degree at the end of when I finish these five years. Um, and uh, it's like, I think it's a way of keeping me at the uni. Yeah. And it also works out cheaper for me because I can still get a student loan and it's still just nine grand. So instead of fucking 11 or something like that. So why, why chemical engineering? What was what oh, towards that? <laughs> 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 I'm in the fucking chair. Uh, the hot seat, bro. Uh, fucking hell. Um... I think it was just a big mix because um, it was sort of something I'd enjoy. I enjoy the sciences and stuff. Um, and chemical engineering has got a big old mix of everything. Depends on which sector you're coming from. Um, the money is nice. The money is nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, what else? Yeah, the, there's a sort of opportunity here of you can work in an office and work on, on site as well. So a bit of a mix. Mm. Like, I'm not sure I'm going to be just fucking droning on a computer for the rest of the world. Yeah. I don't care, I don't know. Yeah, they were the three main ones. It took me a while to find it. Like, I was fucking obsessed with trying to find what degree I was doing. A little sad at that time. So, what, what degree science. were you doing before chemical engineering? What degree? Yeah. It wasn't. It was great. It was integrated. Same degree. So, hot topic conversation. It's been doing the rounds on Facebook recently. All these massive uh, lecturer strikes. What's your? Uh, oh yeah. Uh, what, what's, what's your take on that? I have. <laughs> That's not on the list. <laughs> 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 I think it's pretty topical. Oh, is it? Oh yeah. Okay. So, so I looked it up the other day. Basically, Aston have released a report. Not mm. report. It was more than an announcement. No. So they've given they've got four weeks planned of strikes. Yeah. Two days on the first week, three days on the fourth week, yeah. four days on the third week, five days on the fourth week. What are they striking? I'm, I'm sure I've seen like they're gonna strike uh, in our graduation here. Eh? Really? Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Us up. Nice. Why? Because like the university because if you go for the customers, like the university itself is gonna have to sort that out. We're gonna have to. We're gonna fucking. But what? Why are they striking? Just pay. Pension in it. Yeah, pensions. Yeah. So I think from the impression, from the impression, from the kind of research that I've done, mm. they want to change the pensions from being like fixed amounts that they get on an annual basis to uh, having a lesser annual amount, but putting some of it into stocks and shares fund. So they could have a potential to earn more out of it, yeah. but then it is playing with their guaranteed money that they've been putting in on the premise that they're going to get upon retirement. Mm. So I do completely understand why they're striking, but also, bottom line is like students are, like universities are businesses, <laughs> yeah, and you know, we are customers like paying a hell of a lot of money for <clears throat> Our degrees, and it, I would say it's pushed the nerve with me a little bit. Mm. To be fair, you did agree to pay that. I did, yeah, but I didn't agree to pay 
that amount of money to get taught by lecturers. To get taught by lecturers, yeah. not, not for them to just... So by people are saying it's like an extortionate amount of money, but you did agree to pay that. I'm not disputing yeah. that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, it is a factor, isn't it? That, like, yeah, yeah. like, it isn't the all-time highest rate that has ever been worse uh, than tuition. It's 250 quid. Is it? 9,200? Yeah. It's, it's gone up 250 quid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's, uh, like, petitions <laughs> going around. Extra million. <laughs> There's petitions going around for um, a lot of unis to try and get students to sign it. To ask for compensation back for the student. So there's one for Aston, and they were asking for three hundred pounds back for the students. I see that. Uh, you shared it actually. I, it. Yeah. I looked at it. And you think they should? I did. You think they should give? Uh, you know what? I was going to sign it, but then I found out I put in my email address, so I was just like, yeah, I forget that. But <laughs> not giving them my details, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so you don't want that uh, <laughs> petition spam. Like, and then you shared it again with like a paragraph saying that. You disagree? Did you disagree with the petition or what? Did no. So do? I was, I was just essentially making the point that whilst I understand why the lecturers are striking, uh, the very bottom line is businesses are universities and we are customers. And should in any other business context, if a customer has paid for something and the business doesn't deliver what they were meant to pay, the customer is compensated in some way, shape, or form. That's all I was really saying in my status. Yeah, I've not, I didn't, I've not looked into the great detail of it too much. Have you had anything cancelled? Nah. Uh, I've, I've had both. I don't have enough lectures. Yeah, both yeah. and lecture cancelled. Yeah, yeah, gone. Email around, one of them emailed around today saying, uh, as I mentioned last week, I'm participating in the strike, so there will be nothing on to like there'll be no lecture on tomorrow. I bet they all go to the pub for a piss up So student wise, student life, we're all coming to a head in our time at uni at Aston. How would you how would you summarise it? Would you say it's been a good experience, a bad experience, your student time? It's been a hell of a lot of fun for me, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I've loved every single moment of it, but obviously lectures and like studying and all that stuff is kind of long. Yeah, doing the actual work. But now I've met some really good people with a funny. Thanks. Yeah, no, I've had a good time. Like, yeah, no, uni's been sick. Like, I'm kind of scared about what the real world's going to be like. I, I kind of have an idea. We did placements. So. Scared of the real world, bro. Yeah, I'm so much. I'm more, more so scared of the fact that I won't have like a regimented lifestyle anymore. I mean, I, I've been in education. I was thinking about this today, actually. But I've been in education for 18 years now, yeah. since I was four. So I've literally, well, no, it's 17 years. But yeah, I've ha always had that schedule. But I mean, I've always had that to lean on. And fear of the unknown, would you say? Essentially, yeah. I mean, you're kind of getting forced into social situations that you wouldn't normally put yourself in. I mean, such as? Just like talking to people, like being forced into a group. You know what I mean? What you mean whilst you're being at university? Yeah, just like whilst being in education, like you meet a bunch of different people who you might not necessarily meet if you didn't go to school, if you were homeschooled, you know what I mean? But 
Yeah, no, I've enjoyed that aspect about it. Surely that wouldn't hinder though, meeting people. Of course, of course, but if you're introvert, I wouldn't say I'm introvert, but if you don't create those social situations for yourself, and if you don't have something like school, then it's obviously a lot, hell of a lot harder. I know. It just take practice. It's practice, isn't it? Mm. But, like most of our, not my parents anyway, they're not very social, so they don't have too many friends. Like they've got like their dominoes friends, like very Jamaican African parents. They they play dominoes pretty much four times a week, so they they stick to their squad. But no, I've enjoyed like meeting people from all walks of life, really, and. I don't know what else could kind of supplement that, but I'm hoping, obviously, what I choose to do work-wise will have that aspect to it as well. What are you, Matt? How are you? Uh, pretty much, pretty much the same, really. It's been mad. It's been... So, it changes completely who you are. Not completely, maybe, but changes who you are. You're not just seeing... Because in Bolton, it's not very... It's not as diverse as here, anyway. So coming here just completely changes your perception, you know, what you think of other cultures, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, but, yeah, it's going to be weird. I'm not even, I'm trying not to think about it at the moment. Leaving and finishing. Like, a couple months. It's a big <laughs> fucking step, isn't it? Like, it's literally the best of your life. It is. coming. So you've got to pick, you've got to pick something in a couple of months that you're probably going to be doing for the best of your fucking life until you retire or you die. You think? Nothing you can change. Yeah, you can, life. but do you want to? Would you want to change at like 35? Like, I see mature students in my union and like, fair play to them, but it's still like, he's old. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like a married man in my lectures and yeah. like, it's just like, yeah, I think you can yeah, like, just keep on going. You know what I mean? Like at that age, I want to be like... Independent, yeah. Yeah. But that's, oh, right, they've gone back to university, well, everyone's to university, what about just a different change in career? Yeah, but I think you're going to have to start a lot lower than, you know, unless you, unless you sort of translate to a similar, so say you do project management and construction, and you've moved into, I don't know, uh, products, then maybe you won't have to go that far down. But if you fucking, if you... Realize if you, you DJ yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> You're gonna have to start doing that. Be the intern, bringing fucking coffee and shit. So it's probably probably not the right time of the year to say this, considering what's just happened. But Colonel Sanders and KFC, <laughs> so obviously they've all just like run out of shit, haven't they? <laughs> um, what? <laughs> I oh, went to bed, sorry, sorry, just quick. Back in business. I went to, no, they fucking ran out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> they got chicken, but I went, I went, can I have Big Daddy Watchmen, please? Anyway, oh, we don't do burgers. What? What do you mean? <laughs> like, we don't do burgers. What, what, you're missing the bread? No, like the lettuce and the burger sauce. I was like, right, okay. I'm going to have to rethink this strategy. <laughs> <laughs> I've never Some, done that. Something's very wrong with the FC. Bring your own sauce out, man. Supply chain. Yeah. Yeah. DHL. Yeah. 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 Changed it. Oh yeah. Oh, is it? Is yeah. that what it is? You fucked it that bad. That yeah, they didn't deliver KFC. Well, to be fair, the placement company I was working for, they changed them to DHL. It was kind of the same thing. Oh, carnage. Not saying it's DHL. I'm fucking it. That's just my chicken. Anyhow, back on before I forget my train. So yeah, go on. So Colonel Sanders. Uh, he was he spent all of his life 
as a bit of a loser, trying and failing, uh, building businesses, mm. working in industry. And then I think he was like in his early 60s and he was like, fuck it, I quite like chicken and I can make nice chicken. And he went door to door, got people to try his chicken out, and that's how KFC got started. When he was 16, when he was 16, so when we were talking about. I think you did your dissertation on KFC. It's not really politics related. No, just as like an example, like, it doesn't, doesn't matter what age like, he's now like an owner of a business which is like one of the. Largest yeah, fast food retailers. Yeah, the there's loads of stories like that. Like J.K. Rowling, did she get rejected from like eight publishers before mm. Hazard Potter, you know, took off? But yeah, fair enough. But I don't. It, it, I think that's quite rare, isn't it? Like, yeah, maybe you could give up your job. Well, you're having the mindset. That yeah, but maybe if you give up your job at fifty and decide I'm going to start making cupcakes, that better than everybody else's cupcakes, like. Chances are it's not going to take off like KFC. You're going to be sat on your deathbed, like at the end of your life, thinking, "Oh fucking hell, I wish I'd had Joe uh, making those cupcakes." Yeah. Do you not think it's better to maybe just give it a crack? Yeah, yeah, but I don't know whether I'll have massive fashion. Yeah, but like every well, every failure you can learn from, can't you? I guess, but what what kind of lessons do you really want to be learning at fifty? Like, do you really want to be taking all your life out? I think it's hard to quantify what a 50 year old thing is. Of course, but very similar to imagine taking as like, if, if I take a big L in terms of like a career right now, then I can still transition to something else if I'm quite young. Mm. But if I'm taking a big L at 50, then I've got a family to support exactly. me. Yeah, family. I've got, you know what I mean? I've got yeah. people who rely on me. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm really dead. Imagine, like, really you know, waiting for your kids to go to uni and you think, fuck it, I'm going to sack this 60k a year <laughs> and start making cupcakes exactly. out of scratch. Exactly, like, it's too big a risk, really. I won't do that tomorrow. Cupcakes on the side, man. Cupcakes on the side. Yeah, when that starts, Yeah, of course, yeah, but is that what you do with cupcakes now? Well, you're not tied down to anything. I, just to be clear, I'm not <laughs> into cupcakes, man. Like. <laughs> 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 I do, yeah, yeah, but not cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Deegan makes some banging desserts. Come on! 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 Come no, but if I was 50, I actually oh, hope I got yeah. a family man. I, I ain't doing a Mick Jagger, banging kids out of the I mean, was, you know, was the Colonel, did he have family to support? You know what, that's a good question, I don't know the answer to. You're going to need to do research. Yeah, 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 I'll get my, I'll get my KFC research. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm doing it for my dissertation. I'm going to survive a child. so, it's been the recent shooting in yeah. the States, oh, okay. and... Good old Trump has come out and he's made he's made some pretty brass brush brass brush statements about arming teachers and regulating film and TV programs more heavily to reduce violence towards what young people are seeing. Yeah. What do you think about the concept of introducing guns? What the teachers? teachers. Well, let's let's be very clear. His comments were he wanted to arm twenty percent of qualified teachers. That's to, completely right. It's a very fair. Point. 
he said they wanted to arm people who've had previous military service and yes. what I don't know, maybe that is accounts for twenty percent of teams, I'm not too sure where he's getting that figure from. But it was Marco Rubio that raised an interesting point. So um, imagine the SWAT team realises a school shooting, go in and see a teacher armed or just someone with a gun, mm. yeah, and then they end up popping the wrong person. Like, that is just a practical danger of providing guns in that kind of tense situation. And as trained as a person is, imagine that teacher mistakenly kills a wrong, the wrong child. You know what I mean? Because most of the components of school shootings tend to be young people. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just don't think it's the ideal situation. I mean, I think we all know what the ideal situation is. What, 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 what do you see that? As? Just uh, take their guns. Like, like uh, fuck, just fuck the Second Amendment. It's just amazing to me. Like, it's because it's we live in England, maybe, and a lot of Americans might call me idealist or not American, so I don't get to comment or whatever, but look at the people that are dying. Like, it's ironic that they, the, the Second Amendment was, it was the British, that's why they wanted the government, because um, when we, when we, they were part of the Empire, like, they fought us off with mm. them guns. Well, so it's sure. kind of ironic, mm. in a way, but, yeah, just sack it. Sack the Second it's an well, amendment, isn't it? Right? So, especially all to change it, aren't they? That's the whole idea of it. The pe- if the people were behind it, they'd be able to change it. Mm. But they're so divisive. Like, I don't know what the percentages are of people who want the guns and people who don't. But mm. I think, isn't it most American? Isn't that how many percent Americans have a gun? Is it 80%? Oh, a hell of a lot. It's yeah, crazy yeah. Probably went, the sales probably went up as well, like when they're talking about getting rid of the guns. Yeah, I was looking at the comments from these kids who were marching to get the law changed for the semi-automatic weapons. Um, but at the same time, they're still saying that they don't want to infringe on Americans' like, Second Amendment right. Because I feel like every time this conversation is raised, if anyone even says anything close to that, close to, oh, taking their guns, then people kind of dismiss your argument. And we've had people even saying that some of these kids are, quote-unquote, crisis actors where they're being placed in this situation to basically chat shit about guns and uh, it's amazing that how people can justify something that's literally killing kids with such stupid arguments just to keep because you've got it so i was having a little reflect on this earlier thinking in the same means as introducing nuclear weapons, it's like the use of and the magnitude of the danger and the damage that they can do is kind of the concept of what stops people using them. And I feel like in America, there's a similar kind of train of thought where if everybody's got a means of offence, nobody will use the offence. Or it just doesn't seem to be working like that. And, you know, once you get rid of I think it's actually the problem is the capacity of damage that you can do in a short space of time. Whereas, say, say you're over here, you get hold of a machete or a knife, and you can't mow down 
10, 20, 30 people in a matter of seconds. Yeah, with a machete. With a, with a machete or exactly. Like. I mean, it's so it's really hard to talk about this kind of subject, especially considering we're not American. But from the outside looking in, it seems like guns are the only thing that are the problem. Could you could you see could you see the uh, semi automatic rifles? What the fuck is that? Well, could you could you see so uh, Ben Shapiro no. has had quite had a like fair back and forth with Piers Morgan. One of his key underlying points was that the Second Amendment was in place so people could defend against the tyrannical government. Mm-hmm. Now, in modern history, it's, in the Western world, it's hard to think and for us to perceive what a tyrannical government is. Oh, I hundred years ago, or less than hundred years ago, that's, that's but, Yeah, but I'm saying like, for our generation, our generation yeah, to, yeah. to look at that and appreciate what that would be like. But like, you know, recent history has obviously shown that there is still the danger of a tyrannical government coming about. Um, in the West, do you think? Yeah. Well, that, that's sure. it. I think we're going to be In the West. I mean, the, the United way. Nations got a, a pretty tight leash on everything that goes on. Yeah. I mean, I, but I, like I, all of human history, people have been warring and killing each other. We're still doing it now. We're in the most peaceful, peaceful times. Peace no time. Piece of my time. <laughs> <laughs> that is everyone owns nukes now to go back to that Yeah, point mutually assured destruction, isn't it? Like, if we have a next world war, it's probably it's over. It's over. It's, over in a week. it's game over. It's not a war, is it? It's just. Let the nukes. Let them fly. <laughs> and then, yeah. 25 kill streak. <laughs> 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 well, I think, um, I can't remember the full stat, but uh, the amount of people dying from war now compared to know, 500 years ago, is so little. Even so it is, yeah, it is working. Yeah. Given that point, like, we've always had it. Well, surely there must be a time where we won't have it. So, like, there's got to be a point now where we say, okay, we're past that now. You know I mean? We're always going to be looking back, like, and there's never going to be a start point because we've always done it. What do you mean? So... I would say the only evidence, the only evidence that we've got is all the history, all human history that we've got. And all through human history, people have been more intelligent to us. Well, no, but I think we're in a, we've reached a yeah, different but, stage now. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like a... Have we done? Because we're kind of, I'm pretty sure that, like, we're like, dropping bombs in Syria. I know, but they're, they're relatively yeah. local wars. Mm. Like, um, yeah, America's getting involved because it's like the, the, the policemen of the, of the world. But as for actual serious wars, like big wars where it's putting the, most of the public in danger mm. and a huge percentage of the population is not anymore. Because like, everyone's too dependent on each other. You know, with globalisation and fucking capitalism, like, it, war's too expensive. You lose too much shit if you go to war now. So everybody's just trying to, you know, get on with it, mm. trade, and that's where you make money. Yeah, we've reached a completely different time in history. Yeah. Like, the wake doesn't push the boat. That's a nice little quote. But the past doesn't determine how the future goes. I feel like, as humans, we've come so far, and it's always been different, even in the conflicts that we've had in the past. Conflicts a thousand years ago were so different to conflicts a hundred years ago. There's a lot of different political, economic, geographical reasons for that. So I don't feel like looking in the past is going to give us a 
any kind of indication of how, how conflict will be in the future, especially if we consider like nuclear bombs and just the state of the world right now. But just back to the America and the guns thing, yeah, I don't feel like there will ever be like a tyrannical government that uh, AK, not even AK-47, but AR-15 can take down like the American army if they wanted to, yeah. like, so really and truly people just are using guns as what I feel like just big swinging dicks, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just it's like you look at my gun. It's mutually assured destruction, isn't it? Yeah. But a gun isn't mutually assured, is it? Mm-hmm. So as a nuke, it's, uh, if a nuke can come if you're in like a 50 Radius. But I just don't. I just don't get. Like these kids marched to change a vote about semi-automatic weapons. Yeah? But I don't understand why any human in in just the general public. Maybe if you're out hunting bears, but why would you need a fucking a, a gun that sprays that many bullets in that little time? Like they, they've got rejected in three minutes. Like they didn't even think about it. And in the same vote. They declared porn a health and safety risk, or a, 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 a healthcare risk, or something. So, <laughs> so honestly, like America, it's a weird experiment. Like looking out, yeah, it is. Honestly, and if, if people say that gun control doesn't work, I just say Australia. Honestly, like they had guns in what nineteen ninety nine. Got rid of them, and that kid said on this on this Facebook video, "How many school shooters have there been since then? Zero. There you go. Yeah, proofs in the pudding. Exactly. I keep seeing people saying uh, on Facebook as well, like um, guns don't kill people; people do. And like, guns. Uh, exactly, yeah. and they're saying like, oh, let's ban all vans then because people keep planning to people <laughs> vans. A van is designed to fucking drive and to transport shit. A gun has one purpose mm. and one purpose only. That's to kill rats. Mm. Or kill or kill kill life. So yeah, it's just a stupid argument. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, thank God we don't live in America. Yeah, yeah. So it would be quite um I mean thinking back to being in school, it would be quite terrifying to walk in with the there's drums on the premises just mm-hmm. like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand like how parents can be like I don't understand second amendment parents I don't know how you can be okay with that thought of like one day your kid could just go into school and be so afraid for their life you know what I mean like hiding under desks while someone's mowing down just loads of people like Ridiculous. You never had that at school, and like the, you never had the fear of going to school thinking that, you know, I could be shot at it. Yeah, I mean, I saw a gun, I think 21, actually, as well. I was on a holiday in Dante. Yeah. But got to this, got to like the place where we were staying. Yeah. Like 15 of us outside of this hotel. Uh, you can't, like, the owner comes out, it's got like a fanny pack on. <laughs> uh, he's given us a little talk about our respect my place and stuff, I like, will respect you and whatever. Yeah. And then he just unzips his fanny pack, pulls out a gun, he's like, you know, if anyone tries to fuck you up, like, I've got this. <laughs> 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 it's like seven in the morning, but it's had like a, a five hour flight, it down, it's like, 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 it's like,
I don't really see Garfield, mm-hmm. not really, like, I mean, we don't see him in everyday life. Yeah. So we were just all like, and the same hotel had a security guard that if you had a rat or we had a rat in our room and he says sounds like a nice place you're in (laughs) 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 scurrying around the room and the security guard was like one moment I'll go get the shotgun (laughs) That point about like, the fanny pack especially just kind of personified my argument like it's just literally a dick measuring contest when it comes to guns sometimes but like, I reckon he just showed you that to kind of show you that you don't mess with me as well, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah and the fact he says it as well. <laughs> Shut up, mate. <laughs> Let me see what them hands are saying. <laughs> yeah. Onwards. 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 So we, had, uh, we had some pretty sad news come through the news. On some lighter news. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, no, it's not even anywhere near like But I think it needs to be done. Oh. I need to give a little shout out. So, uh, Stephen Fry has come out. Very boldly, and uh, he's been diagnosed with prostate cancer. Yeah, I saw it in like a news title for that today actually, but it said um, something about him going for a checkup and it's saving his life or something. So, is this like going anywhere? Because I feel like they caught it early, according to this title, anyway, like on the front page of the sun. Oh, well, I just saw like a BBC headline pop up saying he's been diagnosed with prostate cancer. Yeah. Well, I definitely need to do my research. I was literally just like at work today, saw a newspaper and it said um, something checkup, whatever. Or I think he was going for like a routine checkup or checking something else. Yeah. And right. then they called it and he said, "Save my life." Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Get well soon. Yeah, wish him a speedy and full recovery. He's a serious British don mm. from the circus. Treasure. To watch many, many hours of QI. Nah, that's, say, not, that's not really for me. Nah. No, not like, anymore, it's not. <laughs> no, <laughs> not with the new, with the new. Sound the top today. Get off. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all about Stephen Fireman. I reckon for about six months straight, I would watch about three episodes of QI a night and just learn various facts and stats from the month. To impress the ladies. <laughs> 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 Did you know? <laughs> <laughs> so Matt, your master's degree, you're undergoing some research at the minute. Yeah. Um myself with Yeah, I won't I won't fucking labour it. Come on, mate, let's have some enthusiasm. Um, okay. Uh, so there's a bacteria, a microorganism that produces two things. One's a magnetic nanoparticle. Yeah. So what these could be used for is you can sort of uh, cover a tumor with a magnetic material, and then. And then. You've lost my. Yeah. So then you can send. The, the cure for this 
tumour tumour on on the sort of back of these magnetic nanoparticles and it'll find the tumour straight away tumour so it goes straight into the tumour <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, and then the other one is the other thing it produces is like a plastic which can replace the plastic we make from oil so you could be saving lives here with this research uh, eventually if I was to do a PhD and move go further with it then it might actually yeah, make some sort of a difference, but um, it's still the early stage. Well, it's, it's interesting. But I want to do it. After you get some fucking. No, it is interesting. I mean, I've heard about it many a time, but yeah, <laughs> saving lives. You've got to love that. That was what your greatest invention was. If I don't want to spoil your podcast, uh, well, your greatest invention was well, the vaccine didn't. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I was trying to. Uh, I wanted to do it. just sort uh, of. Oh yeah, okay. So one of the and one of the big questions. Yeah. Well, what was it? And so we have a segment on our podcast called the Big Question, where we ask a bunch of abstract, quote unquote, questions, and most of. One of the most recent ones was, what is the best invention ever? And Matt said that he chose vaccines. Yeah. I wanted to choose, like, all of Western medicine at a point now, but it's too broad. But what about the herbal medicine? The what? <laughs> the herbal yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> too. Concentration. <laughs> yeah, but just the fact that we... We're able to like, <laughs> 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 able to like manipulate like things that we didn't even know existed a hundred years ago to you know cure diseases that wiped out well, like thirds of the population and shit, smallpox mm. and shit like that. But, like, now it's just like now we're living too long. It's like there's too many of us. You might know a bit more about this than I do, but what's this? Quite a lot of like stem cell research going on. Yeah, like, do you know, like, I was being accepting my book today about that. Um, it was saying basically that the the stuff going on with genetic engineering now that we're opening too many windows and not asking whether we should be opening. So there's like people here. I think there's a scientific team that are gonna try and like um, create a fucking mammoth. To bring it back from extinction, yeah. Um, by in the year, no time. Exactly. That, that's not off the cards either. And what they also were saying, so if that was successful, so breed a mammoth in an elephant, bring a mammoth back, and um, bring a fucking Neanderthal back. Yeah. So it, I think ah, they've mapped, they've crazy, mapped, man. they've mapped the entire genetic code of a Neanderthal. So you'd uh, inject it into say the embryo of a human, and then some surrogate mother would. Having have a fucking Neanderthal as a kid, like bring them back to extinction. Like some people will say, we've got a moral duty to do it because we drove them to extinction. And then other people are saying, oh, don't, don't bring it back. Like, that's that's playing wrong, isn't it? Really, it's like I don't back. see anything wrong with that. But it's like you just got to be careful. Like, why are we bringing it back? Like, what? Yeah. To what? To, I'll, I'll to that life and stuff. Yeah. Well, I was saying this to you earlier. But um, that sounds like intentionally, say, birthing a baby with disability. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I know 
the moral implications of that. Like, I don't, I don't feel like a Neanderthal would have a good time, like in a world like this, with everyone so much smarter than it. Like, yeah, what's on the point? On it, yeah, exactly. That's why we're doing it, because we can. I think they want to study it so we can learn more about our own. So I think that it's about like human evolution. Yeah. So how did we become conscious? So it's like, that might bridge the gap. That would be pretty cool. That would be mad. It might, oh my god. And then we could like fully make AI. You've changed tune. Like imagine like that is like the point of like consciousness and if they find a link between human and like Neanderthal, like Cerebrally. Cerebrally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then we could be looking at AI. Yeah, it's mugs. Yeah, but like, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, as well, the fact that we can sort of... We can grow organs from stem cells, but stem cells primarily come from embryos of... Uh, aborted babies so is that is that right that's another one mm. but think of the good it could do it could grow organs it could grow limbs mm. it could fucking grow brains but <laughs> 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 well, yeah you've got to weigh it all up so well, you saying the other day that they're talking about head transplant yeah yeah I've seen that but that's not happening it's not happening. Yeah, when I was doing the editing for the um, podcast, I highlighted a part in the article where it's actually not going on the way. But Why not? Um, I, I actually don't know. I don't know. I didn't read into it that much, but he, I think it was just like refused. Why refused? Was, like, the guy was so down. Like, the guy who wanted the head transplant was down to do it. The guy who had previously done it on like a rat or something was down to do it. But I think it was just like the government was like, nah. Really? Yeah. It's like a real life Frankenstein. Yeah, well, that's what the doctor is literally called. Like, Frankenstein. He's not called Frankenstein, but. <laughs> Shut up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way too weird. He's <laughs> like, we Frankenstein. Well, fair way. enough. But, but it's close, anyway. Yeah. It's very close. I mean, yeah, you can do it on a rat. So, like, he's. It's more of a body transplant, isn't it? <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah it's, it's the guy, so the guy who's getting it done, who wanted it anyway. I think he was just, uh, paralyzed from the neck. Yeah, day. so he's, he's getting a new body. He's, he's getting a new body, yeah. 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 But I think. Instagram pictures like, okay, so I want his feet, <laughs> <laughs> I want his chest. <laughs> Give him that cock to you. If you did have a body transplant, yeah. and, and like, would you, you know, would you play with it? Yeah, of course. That's my dick now. Yeah, that's mine. <laughs> So, 
North Korea, so I've heard, on the grapevine. Mm. Not, not, well, at the, there's been some Winter Olympics. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> some, some some general from North Korea has attended in South Korea, and there's been word on the grapevine that they've said that they're willing to have discussions with the United States, North Korea, and the United States. What are they trying to talk about? I think Kim is coming round. Like, like, like New Wave Kim. Mm. I think he's. I think he's. He's a bit. He's a bit more hip. He needs to answer for his crime. That's what he needs to do. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 if I was the president of the United States, which look out for that, <laughs> <laughs> I would not be talking to North. Korea. If you've been brought up, they to deal with it, man. Of course, they need to deal with it, but he needs to answer for his crime. Do you not think though, being raised in that family? Where your dad, because he's pretty much like his dad. Mm. Do you not think he's on kind of halfway a victim as well? Like if you're brought yeah, up a victim of his own, yeah, like family and exactly, environment, yeah. Because yeah. which, which I think is a, is like a very good point. And also, he's made pretty big steps. I say big steps. He likes basketball. He's had some famous basketball over. Yeah, and apparently he's quite a big like fan of the Western culture. He was schooled in Switzerland. And schooled in Switzerland. So he's. I do think he's. He's. A uh, prisoner of the environment, definitely. And I think he, he like I say, is the hit one. I think he might be the one that kind of changes North Korea. He's young as well, so he's got plenty of time to do so. He's had, he's had a bit of time in power. He, I, mean, I know he's been young, but he, he, he could have been changed up. I mean, I'm, I'm not too clued up in on how. Nobody is, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it's like, obviously, there is some kind of beneficial. Um, status for the politicians in North Korea right now. Because obviously, for that many people to be dying, there's got to be some people getting nice up. Yeah? yeah. So, I can understand how he might be a victim of his environment in that sense. So, like, his constituents don't want change. But, at the same time, like, I just don't understand what he's going to talk about. Like, if he's not changed now, like, up to this point, I don't know exactly what he's going to say in the conversation that's going to make us think, oh yeah, you know what, fair enough for all that. You know what I mean? Well, I don't think it, I don't think that would ever be the case, but it's pretty fucked, in it, to have like a full country which is just isolated from the rest of the world in their own bubble, mm. and they can't continue to go on, and whether it's an internal revolution or the outside world says, come on, like, you can't keep doing this. Yeah, so, something's got to give. It's only going to give when, because it, it, it's mainly, it's kind of like a proxy, a proxy country for China and the USA. Because, say, if USA invaded North Korea, they overtook it, they're on China's back door. Yeah. So that's why China are backing North Korea so much, because they're shit scared that USA are going to have a literal fucking back entrance. Yeah, back entrance to their country. So, 
China have got a chill. And like, I don't know, I think, I don't think it'll come from the inside because them man's are hungry. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think they've got some system. I'm sorry to laugh. I'm fine. Seriously locked down. I think it would have to be like USA and China. China would have to come to some agreement. And then, yeah, just overthrow that shit. We need an overthrow job. Yeah. You don't need to be done with diplomacy. Through, through young Tim. What if he was like the guy who, because the whole nation, like quote unquote, like worships him. <laughs> but do but do they or do they not? But like, is, is the hysteria as real as it's made out to be, or is it all bullshit? It's hard to tell. Well, they they still have a pretty deep propaganda regime going. Yeah. Like, it's funny how the, the internet have been responding to like his sister at the Pyongyang um, Olympics. Like, I think they like memed her a little bit, like oh. for giving a screw face to like Mike Pence, like the vice president of America. But at the same time, she's the head of all that propaganda. She's the one making all these like 200 young girls like dance around there yeah. in the name of Kim Jong-un. You know what I mean? So they still know what they're doing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah, They still exactly. definitely know what they're doing. And it's like, when I saw the, all those memes, it was just like, uh, like us as a culture trying to like look past that. And I feel like this is a, a similar kind of case where oh, he's saying he wants to talk so we weren't expected to be like, Oh yeah, you know what? Change, you know what I mean? Like, nah. Like he's he's still out here killing his people, so and like warping their brains. Like, I'm pretty sure North Korea won every gold medal. <laughs> 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 they won the World Cup. They won the Euro. Have you seen that in the World Cup? Fucking Jose South Africa when they qualified, and they. Just got beat by Brazil 2-1. Yeah. And they're like, oh, Brazil, like, they're quite good. And we'll televise the next game against Portugal. They got beat 7-0. <laughs> so apparently the televised that game in North Korea when North Korea got beat 7-0 by Portugal. Thinking <laughs> <laughs> that they were actually quite good at football. Because they really like, on the <laughs> got pulled that night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some heads rolled for that. Yeah, in short, fuck King Donovan. <laughs> Just a kind of manual question, really. So yeah. what, what is universal? Uh, is there a universal morality? Yeah. This is the kind of stuff you can expect from a hot box. Yeah, this is a hot box classic. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, plug. <laughs> always plug. Actually, <laughs> 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 We will be putting our socials in the. <laughs> 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 Yeah, is there a universal morality? Yeah. I mean, I feel, I feel like up to a point, um, obviously everyone's out here trying to get theirs, but I feel like, let's just say, for instance, killing. Everyone knows that they don't want to die, or at least most people anyway. So they know that killing is wrong. So I feel like to 
to that vein is like you know certain things that you don't want to happen to yourself so you kind of equate that to your morality for how you treat other people so yeah there is some sort of universal morality so I, I would say my take on this question is that it really is a matter of like nature versus nurture so like morality I feel like was completely different hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago than it is now. Mm. And it's easy for us to sit here and say, yeah, well, we all know, like, killing's wrong. But, I mean, is it actually something that we're just taught as we're growing up by people in our society and people that are older than us to fit into the society that we're about to grow into? Yeah, but... No, you should act in this way. You shouldn't act in this way. But then isn't that the essence of a universal morality? Like, we've all made that consensus. Realised that in order to progress as a society, there's certain ways that we need to act. So... Society yeah, kind, of, is kind of pushing that morality. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, well, that, that, so that, is universal. that isn't universal. Okay. That doesn't transcend... Humans. I always think no, that it's like a question of a name, isn't it? So I, so I, I don't think of it at all. And I think of it like, um, if all humans disappeared tomorrow, uh, would there be any good and evil on the planet? There are, well, depends how you define evil, because it's, well, it's like, like we, we, we completely subjective. Like, oh, like killing somebody's bad, but if you're in the wild yeah if you, well, or if you're a tiger and you kill a you have to. deer you're doing it for you I don't think I don't think morality exists outside of human outside of the human realm it's a concept that we've created exactly it's completely subjective okay but, well, let, let's just take for instance social society or advanced society, not just the natural society that we see in the wild, yeah? Because as nice as that is, as like a deal as that is, they don't progress. It's just a constant... What do you mean they don't progress? Like, I mean, they evolve, but it's just a constant state of animals killing animals, then dying, and it's, it's like the cycles, the circle of life. But so we're in the circle of life. We are in the circle of life, but we're progressing. How, where are we going? We're, we're just developing as humans. Technologically, no. But what is it? What is all that doing for us? No, but it's, it's not a question of what it's doing for us. It's the fact that in order to have this society, we've decided to have this universal, universal morality. And I feel, I feel like in any other kind of society, say for instance, if we went to another planet, if we want, if we were to see a social society, they would have. A similar set of morals. But because in order for them to progress technologically, socially, they need to realise that they, they need to work together. You know one, I mean? Yeah, one thing that's definitely true is, from an evolutionary standpoint, mm. is working in communities. Exactly. Uh, teamwork, mm. high-level communication, yeah, and that is, comes with is, is all mm. a predicate of successful species. Yeah, and that comes with morality. It's one component, but there's also there's also a species that are lone hunters, and they're doing they're they're here just the same as us. Yeah, it's like any animal that's alive now, in their terms, is as advanced as what we are. Exactly, now. exactly. Uh, because you raised there. Eh? 
I think it might be. Yeah. <laughs> 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 a bit hard to reference that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's spot on. Yeah, they're just as successful as us and because yeah, they're they still are. here. Yeah, but then you look at the most intelligent animals out we there. We want nuts. And that makes us good. I'm not saying that makes us good. I mean, that good. makes us successful. What, that makes us better. And we're only going to... Like, like if, if we had a nuclear holocaust, humans would all be wiped out, but yeah. life would still survive. Yeah, okay. In different forms. Okay. So, I don't think we could... Wipe out all of life. Yeah, I mean, practically, without wiping ourselves out first. Well, Richard, you know Richard Dawkins. He has a theory about if going back to the whole nuke, if we were to nuke the whole planet, you, you know it. Yeah. Yeah. So I got that excited. So there'd only be what cockroaches that would survive the nuclear blast, the radiation, and. Eventually, they would evolve to become what the what civilization Sentient, is now. Yeah, so they yeah. could have like human cockroaches, which would farm cow cockroaches. So to yeah, speak. yeah, yeah. And then we'd just all be descended from the cockroach, but there'd be different forms of yeah. the cockroach, but it'd be similar in that. Yeah, which is crazy. To think it is. <laughs> I mean, we're not. Um, we're probably not that special. Like our intelligence makes us think we are. But once we're gone, we're just that far off. Really, I mean, we've only been. We've only been on the planet for a tiny fraction of when life's been on the planet. And we'll be gone pretty soon because we're just digging that hole. I like your optimism, Matt. That's why Musk's, Musk's sorting us out, isn't he? He's nighting up the uh, space action. He's sending us all to Mars, isn't he? He's fucking up. He's like, hey, he's Yeah, no, but if we go back to the actual question, is there a universal morality? I feel like in a social society there has to, there has to be universal morality. That that's pretty. So yes, uh, I feel like in nature, like you say, good and evil is more much more of an abstract concept. But if we come to like a social society, then we have to think a certain way in order for us to gel together and move on. So like on the matter of Morality, where so the, the likes of like mushrooms and DMT, people take them. It's always like say that we feel kind of this oneness and kind of completely fine with the world. They get blasted out their body, they blasted out their body into yeah, some, like, some, some parallel world where they kind of. Transcend, like, transcend, trans transcend, like, normal life. <laughs> Not nice. <laughs> I like this one. <laughs> that's, you know, they're, they're all chemicals that are, like, uh, within your brain. Like, but, so what, what is that? That surely, what is that? I don't know how to explain it, though. Because cause a lot of people define that as, like, kind of, they feel more morally sound off the back. Yeah, they feel mm. like at one with the earth and everything in it. But, again, oneness with the earth, I don't know if that equates to morality. Like, let's, let's think about what morality actually is. It's like defining what is good and what is evil. You know what I mean? It's creating those definitions. So, I feel like the only time that we need to create those definitions are when we need to work together. Like, you can feel oneness with the earth and everything, and realise that the circle of life is that nature. You know what I mean? So animals kill each other, but that's just how it goes down. 
So you can still feel connected to that in a certain type of way, but there's no morality in, in actual work. But see, um, so take someone else who works in a group, bees. Bees don't have a moral code like our society does. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard one for bees, isn't it? Uh, for the yeah, community. essentially, yeah. But so, say wolves, for example, some example, wolves work in a family, but they don't have a morality. So if they need to kill pups of a different pack, they'll fucking kill pups. Yeah, because bees. one they need to eat, and one it benefits their survival. Okay. But they don't. Is that evil? Is that wolf evil? If you see, that's okay. I feel. I feel like. Like I say, the morality of the natural world is... I think there's a lack of morality. You see, I, I still think that you can see like, this morality in like that kind of wolf pack-like dynamic. Like They're still getting together in order to create something. And obviously they eat their pups, but that's just a different type of morality to what we have. And like I say... So it's not universal. Well, okay, that's what I mean. The natural morality is different. And sometimes non existent. We're not part of nature. We're not just like an, an, another, another, another animal. We're just not another animal. No, we, we've transcended nature. We understand it. I feel like we understand it too much. We understand it to the point now where it's. It, uh, uh, I'm just lost, but yeah, I, I don't feel like we're part of nature anymore. I feel like humans are. The, food, the fact else. that we can like contemplate other things and yeah. how they are. Because we, because we think makes us more. Because we've more moral, more sentient, more responsible. For we've, we've completely thrown a spanner in the works when it comes to nature. Like, if we look at what, we, what we're doing to the planet, let's say, for instance, you know what I mean? Like, we're farming animals at an exponential rate. We're creating holes in the ozone layer. Like, there was never meant to be a hole in the old. But they are being repaired. Is it? You yeah, see? Yeah. But you see, this is what yeah, I mean. You don't hear about this kind of thing, but now the holes in the ozone layer are smaller than so the one over Australia is that's still pretty bad. Yeah? yeah. So Australia's gonna get cold soon. Well, I'll tell you about the winter in there. So <laughs> Yeah, but you see this is what I mean, like nature tries to repair itself, but humans are the spanner in the works. Because we're conscious now and we're doing all these things to progress, we have created morality. And I feel like any conscious being on any planet will have a similar kind of morality. So it's universal in that sense. But obviously nature, that's a completely different thing. To your point about humans working towards natural morality, Jordan Peterson says in a Rubin report, mm. quite recently, this is with Ben Tapiro, but he was saying that humans are progressing towards um, universal morality from society. So you know, you have laws in place not to kill people, not mm. to great people and then you have religion as well which is also quite a big part of humans and their societies mm. and that's you know a lot of religions like you know thou shalt not kill you know don't mm. kill people don't steal people so don't steal people yeah we're like you know this this kind of like bottom down and then like bottom up as well top mm. down bottom up that we're all coming towards like a common Universal morality. If you think about yeah, like those laws in in religion, I feel like that comes down to our universal morality, and it just kind of goes back to my first point. It's all of the things that you want for yourself, you put out there. You know what I mean? Now, obviously, in different religions, um, because of a bunch of different, like I say, geographical economic um, situations, they've interpreted their morality to 
fit their sort of community. You know what I mean? Mm. But it, it's that we still have these basic rules, like stealing and killing, because we know that we don't want these things to happen to us. And we know that we, in order to progress, these things can't happen on that regular basis. So for, I feel like for something, for a morality to be universal, it has to transcend every culture, every species, blah, blah, blah. Um, so tell me one, one rule of morality or one action that is indisputably bad in any case, in any species, in any time. To that point, I can't. So, so there's no universe. There's no universe. Yeah, if, if you take if you're taking like universal in that sense, then yeah, there is no universe. Universal is in a morality in the universe. So I don't know what other sense of morality is. Like I was going to give you a good thing, like the old so the old like Catholic Christian one is just like treat people how you'd like to be treated. You see, this this is all a consequence of consciousness. It's like. It, morality itself as a concept is only something that we've thought about because we can think about it. Yeah. In the natural in the natural sense, they can't think about morality, so this will never be a question. Well, yeah, but you don't know. So that. we are. Oh, nah, they. Animals don't think about morality. But you, you, you think you think of the size of a brain of a blue, blue whale in contrast to words. Uh, well, I guess, yeah, but then like, say something. Surely these animals must, you know, with that kind of brain capacity, must have a means of contemplation. It's like, so humans assign meaning to their own lives, and it pretty much changes person to person. Mm-hmm. And I think morality is almost exactly the same as the meaning of life. It just it, it keeps us distracted, keeps us not thinking about how the universe has no morality, no meaning, doesn't give a shit about anything you do. And I think that's why there's no universal morality. It's, we've got a morality that humans have made just so we can function in society, but that's for universal. And just, just to that point, I'd also like to add, um, the hot box complains the meaning of life every week. Yeah, okay, so. I'm right. I'm right. Well, uh, I'm right. No, right. Yeah, yeah, cool. Alright, oh, moving on. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, so the war on drugs then. Ooh. The war on drugs. This has been such a light, fluffy. Yeah, no, no, no. We're gonna tackle some deep shit. We're gonna balls deep and deep topic mm. topics. Just, good just get involved in them books. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so drugs drugs in general yeah. is something I've been looking into quite a bit recently because contrary to D's statement earlier, my dissertation actually isn't on KFC. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, focused, it's focused around the legalisation of marijuana in the UK and the effect it could have on the NHS resource constraints. Now, it's been quite an interesting exercise because from a standpoint of drugs, drug control, why drugs became illegal, I've been finding out some pretty crazy things today that even in the last like 10 or 15 years, you still have countries such as Indonesia 
executing people for carrying marijuana, which sure. I find baffling. But to link it back to, you know, what's the best way to tackle drug? Legalise that shit now. Well, they, this is, that's the question. Do you legalise it? Do you decriminalise it? Because you have, you have Portugal as an example. Mm-hmm. It's just taken a universal standpoint to decriminalise everything and treat all drug use mm-hmm. as a medical issue opposed to a criminal issue. Mm-hmm. And the results have been fantastic. Yeah, I mean, as we said, it is early results. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But when you weigh up any argument you have to look at the good and the bad. Now you've got the bad with prohibition probably. We have all the money that's been spent on policing it, putting people in jail, keeping them in jail, uh security on borders, whatever. It's gonna this goes on and on. And then you look at the legalization of drugs, Portugal, you see the benefits it does have. So I mean, looking at it from the outside, it looks like the best, the best course of action is to legalize all drugs. Prohibition is, is, it, yeah. is it? Like, does it depend on culture? I, I don't know. Like, but I don't think like I feel like prostitution. Prostitution. And, yeah, pro, uh, it, it's a little bit tangent, but it's related. Prostitution and taking drugs. It's it's a personal thing. It's something that you do to yourself. Yeah. So, what becoming a prostitute? Well, obviously, in, in this well, in this day and age, becoming a prostitute obviously that is less of a choice, especially in certain certain places. But if that was made legal everywhere, then we're a liberal society. There's definitely a lot of women out there who want to sell their body, and it would be a lot safer um, and a lot more controlled if we did like regulate it. Even in a government, but I feel like those are the kind of things that you probably shouldn't privatise, but they should definitely not be criminalised as well. Um, Criminalisation, especially for something as trivial as marijuana, it's never worked. Like, think about the example of like Indonesia, like people get killed. You can imagine what like drugs does to their society, because I'm guessing the drugs come from their society. So it's like the cartels that are over there, they're causing the problems, yeah. you know what I mean? But that's what you get when you criminalise something. You make it seedy, you know what yeah, I mean? It goes underground. The underground, exactly. the underground networks just feeds, mm. by, by driving something underground, it just mm. feeds crime, and off mm. the back of that, it always seems to result in violence, because mm. there ends up being money involved, and there's no means of regulation or authority mm. to... Have a final say to say this is a good deal, this is a bad deal, this is okay, this is not. And I feel like if you think about like the transmission of STDs, that would go down so much if prostitution was made like legal and controlled by the government. Yeah, it's like the government was the, the big daddy. Yeah, basically. <laughs> 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 yeah, no. Well, what is a government really meant to do? It's meant to protect its citizens. Depends what your perception of government well, it, it's meant to be the voice for the people. No, you know what I mean? Having a red, like say a red light district not attract like seedy activities. But it's only because of the way we look at sexuality because of religion. So the yeah. government would have to change society. Yeah. 
That, that's their problem. That's their job. That is literally their job. So they have to regulate a red light and make sure that people around the red light district, people can see it. No, they'd, they'd have to create a new perception of what we feel sexuality is. I mean, obviously, this is very idyllic because most governments are based off some kind of religion. You know what I mean? So to tell a Christian or Muslim-based like country that they now have to create a public perception of sex as not something that's demeaning or like has an element of sadism to it, you know what I mean? And it's just something that's natural. Then, obviously that's a big ask. But if you did do that, then people would think of, about sex in a completely different way. And if you regulated prostitution, then people would be having safer sex with these prostitutes. You know what I mean? And you wouldn't get things like sex slavery where girls are dragged out of their house and flown to a foreign country where they're forced to like, honestly fuck bare guys. Like that sounds disgusting. Like and I can't, and to think that a government isn't really doing much to stop that, like what is a government meant for then? You know what I mean? Like yeah, that'd be like hell on earth. Yeah, exactly. For a girl yeah. who's taken away. Like, and like, I mean, it comes down to men, really. Like, sorry to plug, plug the hot box again, but um, we were talking about what the greatest evil was. Don't check the hot box. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, this week we were talking about um, what the greatest evil was in society, and I made the argument for how men are the greatest evil because of our possession to women, like early, because obviously we want kids, so were the stronger ones and they're the ones who can provide the kids. So from an early age, men have kind of... Is it not, is it not uh, like 50-50? Not really. I mean, in my view, not really. But I feel like... Well... I, I feel like for a lot of like society, like back in the day, like a lot of doc- doctrines have integrated that ownership of women. Men above women. Like men own women and men... Women are basically just tools for men to carry on, you know what I mean? Like, it definitely preaches that in Christianity. I don't know the Quran like that, so I'm not going to misquote it or any other religion, but in Christianity, Eve was made from Adam's rib. Like, what kind of disrespect is that to a whole gender? You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, that that's what it comes from, really. Like, that's why you have, like, religions like this, and that's why we have this kind of view of sex, because... We didn't really want to liberate women in that way. We wanted to keep them under our thumbs. She's jealous men, isn't it? Yeah. Like most of the books, but like the Bible was definitely written by a guy. <laughs> and the Quran you, was a few guys. Need to cook John, I believe. Yeah, but it's like a salty guy, like, you need to cover up. <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> like, we've literally made them a commodity. And obviously, for a Lots of um, a lot of history, they were a commodity because people needed kids because kids died quick. You know what I mean? Especially way back in the day. But I feel like now that we know that we can do better, it's our responsibility to kind of take some of these archaic ideas out of society. And I think that starts with the decriminalisation of prostitution and drugs and drugs yeah, <laughs> and drugs. yeah. I mean yeah and that, that the religion trying to is... justify that prosy you I don't do that 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 I
same kind of thing. You know, do you want to be buying marijuana? Like in, in their case, do you want to be buying, buying marijuana off a shop, like off a shop where you know exactly what this is advertising yeah. is, what it is, or are you going to buy it off die off the street who has no idea what actually is? It could be spice, it could be whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like that testing drugs. I think um, some countries now have like the testing facilities to test like MDMA because obviously that's probably one of the biggest killers of teenagers at, at this point. So it's like... Do you have facts for that? Facts to yeah, I'm not sure about that. Okay, fine. But it, it kills a lot of teenagers, let's just say that. It kills? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It kills a lot of young people. A lot. Especially more than Not compared to anything, it just kills a lot of kids. So... The, I think you're decent facts. Yeah. <laughs> bad, bad drugs, anyway. I think sometimes... Like, anytime, like, there's an overdose. Not anytime, not anytime. But loads of times when kids are dying on these dance floors, it's because of bad shit. Yeah. More than, like, but a lot of shit. It's probably a different substance in the drug. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and government regulation would stop that. <laughs> and this is the hot box. We get real guys. <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to get sponsored out <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to get sponsored? I mean, that's not the problem. But like, if sponsors come to us, knowing full well what our content is, then all power to them. But I'm still going to keep it 100. That's that's the main, that's the main thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely. So this is just something I like doing. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm going to keep it as candid as we keep it in normal conversation. Because like I say, it's a... Uh, it's a representation of this time in my life that I want to be listening back to when I'm 70. Like, huh, I remember thinking that way or that was such a lovely time in my life. You know what I mean? I don't want to be thinking, oh, I'm tailoring my answers for these sponsorships. Yeah. Like that big Nike deal. That big Squarespace. Squarespace to be us if you transition period by we're leaving. So is that what he's saying the illusion is? Well, uh, no, he, I think he's said the illusion is around having a bespoke deal with access to the single market. Oh. So you know there's there's yeah. like the Canada model, mm-hmm. yeah. the CETA deal, the yeah. uh, Norway, which is pretty close. Yeah, trade agreements. Yeah, so 
uh, and then just like the full access, which is membership to the union. Yeah. And um, I think the impression that I get is that the UK's bartering for a, a bespoke yeah. thing. The UK model. Yeah. yeah. And she's, he's, he's turned around and said, nah, you can go and get fucked. <laughs> There's so much politics being played though as well. Like, I don't actually know what is being said in like, the meetings. Mm. We all keep coming about saying like, chatting shit about each other. Trust like the across the fucking table yeah. Yeah. getting yeah. shit fired up yeah, yeah just fucking so I don't know what, I don't know whether I don't know who to believe you don't get the full story with the news either do yeah. you get like the start and then the ending yeah. it's like well, what happened in between yeah. there yeah, yeah. Like, it's just yeah. like headline 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 yeah. I feel like shows like House of Cards have got us so much more like sceptical like, rightly so but about politics because yeah. there is just actually so much true, shit happening true. in the background we just don't know yeah, yeah. Lizard men. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like, I mean, that, that's actually a good subject to get on. Is a lizard. I don't think it's <laughs> that the title, bro? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> no, like, it's like, these conspiracy theories, that's a good, like, subject to like, get on, but I'll just say for the politics side of it, yeah, there's some shit happening that we really don't know about. But yeah, do I think that a bespoke agreement is pure illusion? I'm I'm still saying no. Um, me and Joe recently did a presentation for our EU module where we had to talk about possible trade deals that could happen, and the UK have a booming financial um, sector. Thank you. Yeah, so most of the headquarters. Um, for international financial companies that operate in the EU have basis in, what is it, the UK? London. Yeah, in London, exactly. So, like, our, our finance, like, is strong. So I feel like that is the key to what we want. We want, like, a bespoke deal in services specifically for finances. Mm. So... We, we do trade, like, 50... I think it's somewhere between like forty-five to fifty-five percent of our goods in and out of the European Union. Our exports and uh, imports and exports come yeah. from the European Union and back. Okay. So any kind of like deal which wouldn't include some sort of tariff-free basis to yeah. it would be possible. Would be stupid. Yeah. Like very, very stupid. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like a bespoke deal is beneficial to both parties. Um, maybe a bit more beneficial to the UK, especially considering that they're the ones who wanted to leave and don't really look very good for the EU. But I feel like they'd just be biting themselves in the arse. I mean, maybe in the long run they could set up something. It, I think it increased the benefit of the UK, of the UK, but reduced the losses of the EU. Mm. Because they're getting nothing from this. Mm, exactly. The UK may, may, mm. may not be and then, um, I was going to say, Matthew, you're talking about politics being played, and I feel like this is a clear example of that, because, what is it, it's not this illusion, what Donald Trump calls it, it's not benefiting the EU, but I think he's just saying it to make the, like, make the UK think that their position isn't as strong as it is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you reckon, so what... You could give your D, D's, you sat down, 
he's got his turban on, and he's looking into his mystical bowl. Okay. Um, what do, what do you foresee happening uh, out of outside of Brexit at, oh. the, at the end of this whole facade for the UK? I think let's just say seventy percent likely we'll get a bespoke deal. I I think that thirty percent is that salty minority of the EU that just wants to keep the UK now at arm's length because they've just basically kicked up a bit of a ruckus. Mm-hmm. But EU integration, as much as the UK wanna leave, like isn't declining. Like I feel like they're still gonna get more countries, they're still gonna increase trade, like evident in the Canada model. Like that was a fairly recent um, trade agreement that happened, like the EU is strong. But I feel like they're just a little bit salty now that the UK decided to leave. I mean, rightly so, to a certain extent, because obviously I voted to stay, and for a good reason. But, yeah, we, I, don't, I don't think completely exodusing the UK from any kind of deal is going to be beneficial to anyone in this case. So I, I do see a bit of agreement happening. Mm. That's, that's my crystal ball, and I haven't even graduated yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> so don't listen to me. You really put a bet on there. Yeah, yeah well, what do you think? What do I think is going to happen? Yeah. I, think, I think we'll be alright, man. I think, yeah. yeah, I think the UK will be okay. I think, deal wise, I think there's far too much at stake for the Europe. I think there's a 100% certainty that we'll get. Uh, Some sort of bespoke route. Yeah, I think it'll be bespoke. Personally, I think there's there's far too much trade and reliance and interdependence between the UK and the rest of the European Union that's so ingrained. It'd just be ridiculous. Um, It would, like you say, it would be salt, salty, Mm. just spiteful behaviour. And I think. You've got the leaders within the negotiations yeah. coming out and playing that game to try try and get your hand in the negotiations, but eventually a middle ground will be met. And yeah, there were the hundred percent. There will be a spoke deal. And I do think it will probably have pretty pretty uh, lean access into the single market as well. If I was to look in this crystal ball again, this is... That's a good old luck, man. <laughs> this is something, what you see. If you were to put bets on, like, this is something I would definitely put money on. In our lifetime, the UK will be part of the EU. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big call. Yeah, I'm calling it. Might, I think it might be part of something different, but... Uh, nah, they're not going to change... See that. I don't think they're going to change the structure of the EU just because the UK is coming back. That's what you're saying. But, um, well, maybe it evolved. It went from the EC to the EU, didn't it? Yeah, I, I th- yeah. I mean, true. Like, but the EU now I mean, is... maybe it just becomes like the global community, Ooh. just like the GC. Everybody's just part of the global, yeah. the global community. I'm down. There's no fucking barriers. Everyone just goes everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's less likely, especially, especially like it's our utopia, Mike. That's that it. opens up a whole can of worms. It's nonsense, though, isn't it? It's just like lines that you placed on a map. Yeah, I mean, okay. I'm not in what Well, the culture is that them lines have 
left, mm. a lot is going to stop that full integration because that's what makes people feel comfortable in it. Like, I'm language. Uh, yeah, 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 language, of course. Their cultures make them feel comfortable, they make them feel like they're part of something. Yeah. If you broke down all the walls and tried merging people into one. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to happen overnight, but I, I think by eventually. But yeah, you, you've got to think we're moving towards this globalized world as you spoke about a little bit earlier, man. Yeah, you know, like the globalization, rise of technology, the interconnectedness of everybody, the ability to communicate over like applications which can instantly translate what you're saying and yeah, explain it in yeah, a different yeah, language yeah. to me. When is there going to be a point where it comes that? Actually, a dominant language is just, yeah. we, we kind of come to a, an agreement. I'm not saying it fast, but maybe 100 years, 1,000 years. Yeah. And I go, oh, actually, we're all humans. We yeah. can just all communicate well, in one so unified language. I don't think it would be better. You don't think it would be better? Uh, we'll find something else to find. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of meanings behind words that just can't be translated into other languages. Yeah. So it's like that whole, can you only think in your language? Because that's all you know. So like there's words that have different meanings that you don't know what they mean. Yeah. That means you can't possibly fathom those feelings or those thoughts because you can't translate them into a way that you understand. Hmm. I mean, I feel like words are just words, just to just to that argument. Like, for instance, the word I like to use a lot, Schadenfreude. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the accent. Well, yeah, I, I try my best in that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the German word for feeling sorrow at other people's accomplishments. Now, we've all felt that. Let's not lie to ourselves. So we don't specifically have a word for it in the English language. But feeling it's, sorrow for other people's accomplishments. Yeah, so imagine I get a good grade mm-hmm. and you are sad because of that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so Is that that envy? Yeah, it's kind of envy, but it's, like, it's not necessarily that you want that. It's just that you see someone else succeeding yeah. and it makes you sad. Yeah. 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 Bit, bitterness, yeah. Because it's like they're all encompassing. Yeah, to that specific situation. Exactly. And, and I feel like if the human experience is a lot more similar than we like to admit, but just go, to go back on the cultural side of it, like, I feel like we will probably come together as a culture when um, the utopia happens when we have the same skin colour. Yeah, that's safe part. Yeah. <laughs> safe part. <laughs> I think they were saying it's like closer than we think, like a few hundred years or something, where we're all just going to look like a Milano kind of light skin kind of thing, which yeah. I want to be a part of that world. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I feel like that's probably when we're going to start to get over the cultural and like border boundaries. But I'm doing my dissertation just to like ground the argument. I'm doing my dissertation on um, the development of Africa and um, the the West's responsibility in developing Africa. And we have just a bunch of those, like, situations where a lot of countries feel like they're owed something. Like, now, not to say that they're not, but we, if we can't get over these, like, trivial things, then we're never, ever going to come together because I don't think most African countries are going to be okay with being part of a community that has not, say, fully paid them reparations. You know what I mean? Right, and that, that's a whole completely different argument. But I'm just saying the feeling that they feel, yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think the global economy is going to happen. The global, the global community. Yeah, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> 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 so 
It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having us. Just one more time, where can everyone find you? <laughs> yeah, okay, so our Facebook is the Hotbox 420, um, and our YouTube is just the Hotbox. If you search the Hotbox podcast, scroll down a bit, you'll probably see our first video. But yeah, we do videos every Monday, so. Um, go check them out. Go check them out. Go check them out. It's been a pleasure. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Any others that have missed? We'll put them all in the description. Just put them all in the description. Check them out there. Go find us at twice as Nars. That's Nars. It's been Always a pleasure, boys. Take it easy. See you on. When's the next one? Who've we got? Frank on Wednesday. We've got Frank, we've got a good friend of ours called Frank, who's coming in. I'm going to talk about some of the deprived areas in Birmingham and his experiences. He's got some messages that he wants to share, and we're really gassed to get him in. So we'll be back in on Wednesday. Wednesday. Safe!